Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're on the air, 77 WABC. I'm Alex Alexanian. I'm here with my co-host, partner in crime, Brenda Bush. Good morning, New York. Well, here we are in the big time, Brenda. What do you think about this? The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour has been off the air from our previous station for the last, uh, what is it, two months, three months now. And here we are on the big time at WABC 77. Happy to be back. And uh, we're in Midtown Manhattan, broadcasting live from Midtown Manhattan uh, above uh, Madison Square Garden. And... uh, it's you know it never occurred to me when we when we agreed to do this six a.m. show that that would mean getting up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's because we're no good at math. Okay, we both flunked math miserably. That, that home espresso <laughs> machine was the best investment we ever made. So let's tell the folks that have never heard of DogsInDanger dot com what it is. Um, it's a website that Brenda and I started about three years ago, and it does one really very simple function. It uh, lists uh, dogs, specifically, obviously, obviously, dogs that are scheduled for euthanasia in the shelters of this country, all over this country, in all 50 states. And that website has been um, has been the life-saving grace to the animals out there waiting for, um, f- for salvation, I-, I suppose, for the last uh, three years. And we've saved about 45,000 dogs which is really a drop in the bucket of what's going on. But sure that's is. that's the kind of guys we are. We're, uh, we're one inch at a time. We're trying to claw our way out of this mess that we are, if you care about your dog, if you care about the animals, and which Brenda and I both do. So hopefully, welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio R. This is not a replication of the website in any way. This has nothing to do with the website except that it's the same people. What we do here is every week we take one topic, one topic that's germane, that's important to what's going on with the animals, okay? This radio station is packed full of stuff that's important for humans. We, on the other hand, are the only hour of the week that talks about what is important for the animals. And as such, we take one topic, and today's topic is... What about pet shops? Yeah. And what about puppy sales in pet shops? So we say, stop all puppy sales yeah. in pet shops. Is that a question? And uh, Buying an adorable puppy at your local pet shop might be a thing of the past if more cities join this uh, movement to ban pet shop puppy sales. So Right. Gonna... And we don't take an attitude. We do take an attitude. We don't take a position. We do take a position. So you'll hear. Oh, we're... trust me. Alex is full of attitude. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Anyway, so what we're going to talk about is this trend that's going on in the country. You may or you may not know about puppy... Uh, puppy sales in uh, in your local pet shop. And we're going to talk to some people that are experts that are going to be calling in very early in the morning from around the country. Before we move on, though, we want to talk about a couple of things. The last show uh, we had on the previous station was uh, uh, just before Election Day. And we were talking about a Missouri initiative, Proposition B, that Missouri Dog Breeding Regulation Initiative. And we were t- all talking about, is this thing going to go through or it's not going to go through? Well, folks, we're going to give you the answers in case you're now following up on doggy action out there. It was a close call. 51.6% to 48.4% the state of Missouri approved. Okay, proposition approved. B. Well, when you want you tell them what Proposition B is. Absolutely. It's, it sets new rules for dog breeding. So it's, it's basically called the Puppy Mill Initiative, and it puts a cap on the number of dogs, and it requires right. resting periods. And here's the biggest shock, okay? It requires that they feed them daily. Did you hear that? Well, daily? Uh, yeah, among other things, it requires commercial breeders 
to provide food and water, veterinary care, housing, sufficient space, limits on how many dogs a year they, I mean, how many times a year they can breed the dogs. I mean, right. these are not radical. So, so good stuff. These good are not stuff. radical ideas. I think most people would be pretty shocked and appalled to find out that these are not already being enforced. Right. The, the good news is that they got 192,000 signatures to get on the ballot. They only needed 92. So it was a wallop there. It was a close call, 51.6. So Missouri is the first state right. in the union at this point out of 50. It's got a lot of support, but it's also got its critics. It's, I mean, it's not without its problems. Enforcement, for one, uh, a lot of the critics are talking about. And, and the other issue is, you know, whenever you impose a limit on the number of dogs a facility can have, then the question becomes, what do you do with the dogs that are above the limit? So there are lots of concerns about what's going to happen to those dogs under Proposition B. Well, without getting into the technicals, the the people have definitely spoken. The people have expressed their will, 51.6 to 48. And you know what really angers me? Check this out. On December 1st, 2010, the first day to file legislation in Missouri for consideration 2011, Senator Bill Stouffer officially filed a bill to repeal Proposition B. Okay? So the backroom guys, the AKC and all these guys have now gone to the force to try to repeal what was already passed by the people. This is the kind of crap that really gets my Irish up, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, it is what it is. It's America in uh, 2010 and 2011. Wow. Anyway, so moving on, we don't have much time before we introduce, introduce our guests. Uh, moving on to this other subject that was, that's been germane this whole week, um, the Obama, President Obama's calls to the Eagle owner, Eagles, uh, that's the Philadelphia Eagles owner, to congratulate him on bringing Michael Vick back and giving him you know, starting position and all that kind of stuff. And I still can't believe how many people are talking about this. I don't, know wh- I don't know what the big subject is, I guess. But what was interesting about it that I found very, very fascinating is that, you know, President Obama took a position that he was making this phone call as a sign of redemption, that Vic had sort of served his time. And it was, you know, it was great that, you know, as an example of people that go through their trials and tribulations. And now they're, you know, now they're back admitted back into society. And Francis Batista was a friend of ours. Co-founder of Best Friends, yeah, Best Friends uh, Animal Society. He wrote a fascinating article, and he put it up on, on, on their website as well as Facebook. And he wrote this fascinating article, and he basically said, uh, what would have been the hypotheticals if President Obama had called them? Well, yeah, I mean, and Best Friends uh, rescued, uh, saved, and, and rehabilitated a lot of dogs. There were other organizations, too. So, But Best Friends really took uh, quite a few of the dogs and rehabilitated them. It's a remarkable job that they did with those dogs. And so, you know, um, Batista's article, which is great, got something like, I don't know, thousands of comments and, you know, 65,000 views yeah, or whatever it was, whatever it was the last time I checked. Call, but, yeah, it was the know? hypothetical phone call of, you know, hey, 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 Mr. President, um, when are you going to call us? and thank us for the work that we did with the dogs. And ask us about how the dogs yeah. are doing. Because it's, you know, it's my understanding that Michael Vick has never called to ask about the dogs, but somebody can call in and verify that for us, I'm sure. By the way, we do have a call-in number, which is 800-848-WABC. If you're out there listening and you'd like to uh, have your comments uh, heard, you're welcome to call us. And so, President I, I, Obama, I, if you're yeah, listening, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome to call you're welcome us to too. Call us you know? too. <laughs> so you know, I believe in second chances. A lot of people do, and that's why this really hits people. You know, but there are there are also a lot of people who believe that when you make a conscious decision to torture other living creatures for fun and profit, maybe you've crossed a line. You know that that can't be uncrossed. And the idea that the president's getting behind someone who tortured and murdered dogs is really disturbing to say the you least. You know, person. I mean, I don't have a problem with Vic coming back, and he's a great right. He's entitled. He's a great to, right. talent. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a somewhat of a problem with the president of the United States calling up. Say, hey, okay. great job. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, he should not be getting involved with stuff like this. And it's, after all, what he did was 
horrible and horrifying, you know? And he shouldn't be talking about how good it was or how bad it was. He should just stay out of it, you yeah. know? That's what I think yeah, anyway. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, But what so, do you think? Call us. 800-848-WABC. It's That's not the right. topic of the show, but we're happy to talk about it. Absolutely. And, and we have so many more subjects to go through. We're not going to cover them all, so we're going to switch off. Uh, we'll come back from a station break. That's 77 WABC. Call in number 800-848-WABC. We'll try to take some phone calls. And we're going to talk more about puppy mills. Yes. We're going to come back and talk about puppy mills and puppy pet shops. shops. Pet shops. Mm-hmm. Back on WABC. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Welcome back. A lot of us are making uh, New Year's resolutions, right? I made a few. Like uh, my dogs uh, decided not to shed as much this year. I'm hoping they're going to stick to that one. Reduce stress, spend less, join a gym. Sound like the same New Year's resolutions. This year, how about making one that really matters? One that you can really keep? Resolve to save a life. Adopt a homeless pet. Right now, thousands of wonderful dogs are at New York Animal Care and Control and countless New York rescue groups waiting for someone to be their best friend and champion. And every day, people like you decide to open their hearts and homes to give a shelter pet a second chance at a safe and happy life. So even if you can't adopt, you can still help by texting PETS, that's P-E-T-S, to 90999. Each text gives $5 to Best Friends Animal Society to support their work helping homeless animals in New York and all around the country. Be a champion for homeless pets just by sending a text message. Every text message and every $5 will help home- homeless pets begin brand new lives in 2011. Learn more about Best Friends and adoption at bestfriends.org. That's bestfriends.org to find local rescue groups, see animals looking for homes, and get involved in the grassroots effort to find loving homes for every pet from coast to coast. Together, we can create a world of no more homeless pets. So please join Best Friends at bestfriends.org. Hey, Best Friends is an amazing organization. It's a great and organization. Those are the guys that saved almost 90% of the dogs, the Vic dogs, okay? So you can't go wrong by helping Best Friends. You just heard Brenda talk about it. We're going to bring in our first guest. A couple of comments. The, the board is full of people calling in. Most of the comments are about, uh, about the Vic issue. Larry says, from New Jersey, has PETA responded on Vic yet? Uh, I'm not sure. Brenda, have you heard anything from PETA on this thing? Uh, they have, um, and offhand, I don't remember what their position was. Okay, Sorry. well, there's the answer. Andrew from Rosedale, New York. It, I'm an attorney. Of Vic paid his debt. Obama was out of line. I totally agree with you, Andrew. Kudos. I'm going to get a little bell every time I agree with somebody. I'm going to I'm going to ring it next time. Okay. Um, and as an attorney, I uh, particularly respect that. I think he did pay his debt. He's a great, great athlete. Obama, stay out of the Vic issue. Anyway, yeah. having how said much, that, how much sports is Obama watching? A lot, from what I hear. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that one. Um, let's do this. Let's bring in our first case. He is uh, David Lundstedt. David Lundstedt is an amazing man. The Austin City Council unanimously passed. This just happened 15 days ago. Unanimously passed an ordinance banning retail sales of dogs and cats, that meaning makes it puppy the, stores. The first city in Texas major to, city. to ban to ban all in Texas. Right in Texas, the first city, and it's the, really mm-hmm. the first major city in the United States to absolutely ban. And you know, guess who was at the head of this thing? Who made it happen? Who wrote most of this legislation? It was a gentleman named David Lundstedt, who is with the TAC. Uh, He's with vice the, chair, Austin Animal Advisory Commission. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And should we have David on now? Absolutely. Hey, David. Good, good morning, David. Do we say good morning, good night, what? <laughs> <laughs> good morning from uh, Austin, Texas, and Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. So, David, congratulations on getting this unanimous vote. First of all, how many people voted on this, just to get an idea? 
Uh, it was uh, seven to zero, the city council. Wow, very, very impressive. So, give us an idea. First of all, what is the connection for people that are, you know, sort of novice to this thing? What's the connection between pet shops and puppy mills? Well, I believe it was HSUS um, who, who done a lot of research in this uh, topic, and I think they estimate ninety to ninety-five percent of all every puppy or, or kitten that you'll see in a pet store comes from a puppy mill or kitten mill. So there's a direct connection. Poppy Mill produces it, the pet shop sells it. Correct. And, okay. And, and can you tell the listeners, what is a Poppy Mill exactly? Well, I think the best definition is a large-scale breeding facility that puts profit over the welfare of the animals. So they're just basically a, a, a puppy factory. Exactly. I, I've heard of mothers uh, being forced to produce puppies you know, for 10 years until the day they die, you know, in horrible conditions. I think, I don't know if everybody has watched the uh, Animal Planet expose like I did Mm -hmm. uh, last summer, but, you know, it's pretty horrifying to watch. And uh, it did make an impact personally with me and a lot of uh, my friends here in Austin. So uh, So how did you get this passed? I mean, this is a two-year labor of love, I understand, uh, but give us a quickie on how did you get this thing passed? Well, uh, you know, Austin's a very progressive community, and we didn't have any pet stores selling puppies since the 80s. And so in 2008, when, when the, uh, the one store did open, uh, there was a lot of outrage. So we tried to uh, come up with a simple way to regulate it. We, we passed the Pet Trader Ordinance, which was just kind of a consumer protection ordinance where the, uh, the store would be required to produce some basic documents, put a microchip, and then either spay or neuter the animal or pay a $50 processing fee to the city. And it was well-intentioned, but it just didn't do the trick. It was, it was not written mm-hmm. good enforceability. So I spent two frustrating years trying to figure out a way to uh, strengthen it. And, and last summer I came across the ordinance in West Hollywood, California, mm-hmm. where they just outright banned retail sales and you know the light went off in my head and I said well that's the way to do it so it, it took about six months of uh, you know wrangling with with the city legal department and uh, getting it through our commission and then getting the resolution passed with council but uh, you know but you as, did it yeah as you know yeah we did it and uh, so and did now, you have now, a lot of opposition I mean was there a, was there entrenched opposition well not you know, we we heard complaints from the the one pet store, but you know they never sent a representative to speak out against it at any of our meetings. Um, we finally had one uh, like breeder organization person show up at the last city council meeting when it was approved to speak out against it. And but, David, does the ban apply to local reputable breeders in Austin? Can they still sell their puppies direct to the public? Absolutely. Um, what the what this ban does is prohibit the, the sales, the retail sales of, of puppies or kittens if they're if they're born at another location. So if, uh. if, you're, if you're running a reputable, you know, hobby hobby breeder business and out of your home, then then you can sell puppies. Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. We're just trying to avoid having them shipped in from Missouri or Oklahoma or Pennsylvania, which we found out that the one store we did have in town. 
So the target is really the, the, the pet shop retail establishment right, right. as the avenue for the puppy mills and, and not local reputable breeders. Absolutely. I mean, we would first and foremost encourage, you know, Austin residents to go to the shelter or one right. of the 90 or so, you know, rescue groups we have here. But, you know, if people want to purchase a puppy, I'm not going to stop them. Despite the fact that most pet shop owners uh, will tell you that their puppies don't come from puppy mills, the, the connection between puppy mills and pet shops has, has been pretty well established now. The HSUS actually puts out a list on their website, and we've also posted it on our website, of puppy-friendly establishments um, that have signed on to a pledge of, uh, of where they're getting their puppies from. So for anyone who's interested, you can find that there. Right, and a, and a lot of, pup, a lot of pep, uh, puppy stores have transitioned into a more humane business model i mean you know, uh, and of course you have pet smart and petco here right, right, right. in austin who, who sponsor uh, adoption events right well david i think the big question is again congratulations i'm pulling this off the big question to me is can you pull this, something like this off for the whole entire state of texas would it work or the opposition is too entrenched oh boy well you know austin is kind of a island of progressive thought in a, in a the big red state of texas so i'm not sure but we do have uh on the state level, we do have a, a kind of a puppy mill bill, kind of uh, similar to the one passed in Oklahoma, and then then Prop B in, in Missouri. So we're, hope, we're you know we're hopeful that it'll pass this year and, and at least regulate some of the facilities. Um, but but what I hope this ordinance does is, is inspire other communities across the state and across the country to to you know shut off the outlet for these animals. Wow, David. Thank you very much. You're a, you're a great guest. Um, congratulations on being such a mover and shaker out there. We'll be, uh, we'll be talking to you again. We have some ideas on, on where these things are going to go, and we'll be talking to you and reaching out to you again, David. Thank you very much, and thank you for waking up at what ungodly time is They're it? an hour before us, yeah. They're yeah. in central time. So. Yeah, yeah. Or no go problem. back to sleep is more like it. <laughs> I'm delighted that you asked me to be on the show. Thank you, David. Thank you very much, David. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. We're going to uh, we're going to take a phone call. We're going to let Andrew come on, who's the attorney that's been waiting uh, uh, 10 minutes now. Um, Andrew, are you on the line from Rosedale, New York? Yes, I'm on the line. Hi, Andrew. Good morning. You're doing a great show and a great service. And, you know, I was just talking to someone about the wonderful bond that exists between humans and animals. I always found that completely amazing my whole life. And we're doing another show on that, so be sure to stay tuned. Yeah, we, that's one of our topics. Yeah, we have actually and, some And, world. you know, you're doing a great service because that, unfortunately, shouldn't be tainted by, you know, these mass breeding programs, which are so offensive to all of us. Um, just a quick comment that, you know, Michael Vick, it's ironic that out of something so terrible, He's evolved as a man and as a player, and I don't think it's just a show. I mean, he killed my Giants about two weeks ago. (laughs) He's showing a maturity and finishing. He's doing ongoing community service, to my knowledge, way beyond his plea agreement where he took a plea and took some federal time. Right, right. So, you know, I, I can't say kudos to him, but out of something terrible, well, what's with this Obama phone call, Andrew? He had no business doing it. What is that all about? Yeah, just, stay, just stay out of it. I mean, you know, I think what it is is that a very unpopular president is trying to write a very uh, popular story, which is a man who's grown up as an athlete and as a player. 
and who has established himself now not only as a great athlete but as a, a decent human being who has acknowledged his mistakes right. and wants to raise public awareness. But my I'm agreement with you. I think Obama is just a typical politician, or maybe not even worse, and he's trying to just promote his own image by hopping on someone like you know Michael Vick's coattails. He has no yeah. business. He's not part of the prosecutorial process here. He had nothing to do with the federal Absolutely. prosecution. He's done nothing, to my knowledge, to raise awareness. He never weighed in on the case when it was going on. Right. I totally agree with you. And thank Absolutely. you very much for the call. Just stay Thanks. out of it. Let the man get on with his career and let him try to salvage his presidential career, which may be crueler to people than what this guy did to the dogs. Totally agree with you. Thank you very much for the call, Andrew. We'll speak to you soon. And let's take a phone call from Larry, who's been waiting on the phone for over 12 minutes now regarding the PETA phone call. Larry, are you on the phone? Larry? Larry has, is on the phone, but I think he's... I think Larry waited too long. I think he went to sleep. <laughs> I think he fell asleep. It's 6.30 on Sunday, for God's sake. That's okay. Come we'll on. still be here to... Larry, wake up. Okay. We're going to we're gonna take a station break now. We'll be back in one minute. With uh, uh, John Cooper. With yeah. John Cooper. Yeah. Fascinating politician And, and what's, what's the likelihood that we're going to have a ban on sa- retail pet sales in New York? In New York, So that's yeah. what we're going to be talking about That's where John is next. working at, and he is Right here in our own Suffolk County. Along. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll cut the station break on 77 WABC, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Throw your dog a bone. Let him listen to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Back to Alex and Brenda. Hey, folks, we're back on the air. And what do you think? Out there in early Sunday morning land, call us at 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. And tell us, what do you think? Should sales of puppies in pet shops be banned in New York? This is a hot topic. That's a hot topic. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of pet shop owners. You know, it was funny, Brenda. We tried so hard to get somebody from the other side. A pet shop owner, a representative of some sort of a, a, a trade association that represents mm-hmm. pet shops to come on. And we did got a, we, we spoke with a bunch of people and they were all, you know, very angry that people are trying to put them out of business. And so we said, why don't you come on the, you know, come on the air and tell us about why you're angry. Defend your position. And not one of them, not one of them was willing to come on the air and well, defend. Well, let's say they were all very friendly. And in their defense, they said they were all busy. Well, <laughs> what does that mean to you? <laughs> now, if they said they were all sleeping, I would have I would have said, "Oh, yeah, I got yeah. it. You're all sleeping." But they were all very busy. How busy can you be at six a.m. on a Sunday morning? Well, and they have valid concerns, and we're going to try to cover some of those concerns with our next guest. You know, you know what gets me is that if you ha- if you have a business and you believe in what you're doing, then stand up for it mm-hmm. or get out of the business. You know, if you really believe in what you're doing, then don't be afraid, don't be shy, don't tell me one on one. Get on the megaphone and tell the people in New York why this thing is bad news for them, you know? Or get out of the business, get a new job, you know? Or, anyway. or find a way of changing business that's more in tune with the, the will of, of, of society today. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you. We tried really hard. So we're going to bring in John Cooper. Now, John is closer to home to New York. Uh, he is a legislator in the in, in Suffolk County, and we're going to bring him He's on. He's the majority leader, Suffolk County legislator. Exactly. And sponsoring legislation to ban retail sales of puppies in pet shops in Suffolk County. So that's very real right here in our own state of New York. Good morning, John. Uh, good, good morning, Alex. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, John. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, the alarm clock did work. 
Yes, it did. <laughs> just as backup, I gave Brenda my home phone number. Yes, we're covered on all bases. Yeah, we had to tell the engineering staff here at WABC that just in case John oversleeps. <laughs> oversleeps. Here's the number to wake him up. <laughs> well, look, you would have also woken up by five kids, and that's not good. No, so that's I, not I good. And I have I to say, up. I have to say, my dogs were really unhappy with me this morning when I woke them up at four a.m. They thought I was nuts. <laughs> John. John, uh, I want to talk about this ordinance that you're thinking about doing. You know that West Hollywood was the first place that uh, instituted a, an, a basically an ordinance banning old. Actually, pictures. Albuquerque, yeah. New Mexico. And we're going to talk a little bit oh, about I that in a minute. That. But yeah, I mean, we have we have a list here of places where it's been uh, it's been successfully passed, and others where it's being considered being considered in San Francisco. But, uh, but Austin is a population of 786,000. It's mm-hmm. the 15th biggest city in the United States. Okay, Suffolk County. Now, this is not a city; it's an entire county has a population almost double. double of Austin's. So let's talk about what you're thinking about doing here and what the chances of it getting through. But let's first of all talk, what are you thinking about? What, what kind of legislation are you thinking of introducing? The uh, legislation as drafted right now would do what you just mentioned. It would uh, ban the retail sale of uh, puppies uh, by uh, pet stores in uh, Suffolk County. Um, I'm planning on modifying it, however, to uh, permit their sale if uh, the puppy was purchased from a breeder who was uh, inspected and certified by the Suffolk County SPCA to be a humane breeder and not a puppy mill. So that uh, would, by necessity, be local Suffolk County breeders? I uh, yes, right. it would yep. be a local Su- Suffolk mm-hmm. County breeder. And my hope is that it will be a way to derail some of the option that certainly is brewing from uh, the, the local uh, pet store industry. Uh, and uh, I happen to have a couple of very large pet stores in my district that sell puppies. I know I'll be getting calls, but my concern is not so much me, but some of my colleagues that will, will get calls from my rate um, uh, stores. So my, my hope is that if we could tell them that, well, no, you can sell puppies, but they have to be from a reputable local breeder, then that will be a way to um, uh, um, overcome any opposition that might might arise. Well, and, and they do need to find a sustainable uh, business model, obviously, because we're talking about potentially putting people out of work. Yes. But um, but if, you know, the, the, it sort of begs the question, is there any reputable breeder who's going to give their puppy to a pet shop? And I guess that's a question we have to ask the reputable breeders out there, and they're welcome well, to call exactly. us too. But, but, but let, me, let me go more to the point here, John. Um, you are the majority leader of the Suffolk County Legislature, so obviously you'll be able to bring this up for a vote. Am I correct in that? Uh, oh, Absolutely. It will come for a vote. Uh, I already have a number of legislators that have told me that they want to uh, co-sponsor the bill. Uh, This comes on the heels of um, another uh, landmark bill that was approved by the uh, Suffolk legislature uh, a couple of months ago uh, that created the uh, nation's first, actually the world's first, uh, animal abuser registry, uh, which requires anyone convicted of uh, felony animal abuse or um, the more egregious misdemeanor abuses uh, to have their name, address, and photograph placed on a publicly accessible uh, database, sort of like a sex offender registry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That passed unanimously in the Suffolk County Legislature uh, after several months of debate. So I'm hoping uh, that we'll we'll follow on the heels of of that bill, and uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that this legislation will pass as well. How many votes do you need? Uh, we, well, assuming that we have the support of the county executive and the bill is not vetoed, we would need 10 out of 18. But to play it safe, I'd like to have 12, which is a veto-proof majority. And you think you'll have it? 
I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm the eternal optimist. Again, we, we really haven't started the legislative debate. Uh, we haven't heard from opponents of the bill yet. Uh, but Suffolk County is a unique place. Um, it's a relatively conservative county, mm-hmm. uh, a suburb of, of, of New York City. Uh, but we have passed some uh, really progressive uh, groundbreaking legislation over the years. Um, most recently, the Animal Abuser Registry, but before that, the, the nation's first ban on handheld cell phones, the first prohibition on a federal dietary supplement. Um, I can go right down the list, uh, open space preservation. So we're not afraid to, to lead the pack, certainly in New York State. Uh, so uh, again, I've spoken informally to several of my colleagues uh, so far Three of them have uh, said that they'd like to sign on as co-sponsors, which is great. But to be fair, we haven't had the first public hearing, and I'm prepared uh, for opposition from uh, the uh, pet store industry. But uh, again, I think that with the modification that I'm proposing for the uh, the resolution, um, I'll be able to get uh, sufficient support for this to be enacted into law. So, John, here's here's a question for you. Uh, You have how many kids, did you say? I've got five kids. Five kids. Do you, are you guys interested in move to Washington D.C. to <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue? Maybe. Uh, that, well, that, that's been well. I don't know about Pennsylvania Avenue, but it's been proposed that I, I run for higher office, and and right now I'm happy happy where I am. But but thank you. <laughs> but I actually I actually was uh, Barack Obama's Long Island campaign chair uh, during the election, so I, I I don't think I'm going to be challenging him anytime soon. <laughs> and you didn't call in for that Vic segment, huh? I I actually you know what. Um, I, I I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> I, <laughs> you I, can I was, take the fifth. That's okay. I was okay. listening in earlier on, and look, I, I, I share the concern, and I certainly would not have weighed in on this issue, uh, but I, I think I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Are you a politician, John? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How'd you guess? Yeah, let's talk a little bit uh, more about the um, the critics' arguments uh, against the ban. Um, sure. Try to do it. Fa- yeah, I mean the, the, the one that we here. heard, as, mm-hmm. as I said, uh, introducing you. We we talked about five different people, and uh, and and the the one the, the one argument that was you know really the, the the top argument that people were giving us was the loss of jobs argument, which right. is you know what you're going to put people out of work in the middle of a recession. Exactly. Um, what do you think? Look, it's it's a valid counter argument, and that's my concern. Uh, I. As I said, I have to get the support of really 12 out of 18 legislators, and uh, in every district here, we're we're continuing to face high unemployment, and it's a, 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 a tough economy. Things are, are certainly turning around, but we're not there yet. Uh, so that's why I I got the idea a couple months ago of of modifying my resolution to permit the continued sales, provided that uh, the puppies sold are obtained from a, a breeder, as, as you pointed out, it would be a local breeder, uh, that was certified not to be a puppy mill. So I think that would be sufficient to convince legislators that have large pet stores in their districts that, that sell puppies. And uh, there are a lot of very big ones uh, out here, not just major chains, right. but... And, uh, and maybe there are other things that can... Maybe there are other things that can be done, too. I'm not sure okay. where I, mean, where wait, I read wait, it. Of the, of the major chains, of the major retail pet shop Pet chains. Smart, Petco. Yes. I mean, how many of them actually sell puppies? They don't. Uh, Only pet... Yeah, pet they do Smart adoptions. To my, pet Smart, to my knowledge, does not. Uh, and Petco I, does I, not. Petco I, does not, either. They don't sell pet puppies and cats. Small, yeah, small critters, before, I think they do. Before, but but they, they, they may have stopped now. But uh, in, in my district, um, there is, there's a huge 
pet store, I won't, don't want to mention the name, sure. but all they do is sell puppies. That is their business. And uh, they probably have a dozen employees, and they will certainly be coming to testify at the public hearing saying if, if this bill passes as currently written, you're going to put 12 people out of work and a thriving business in a part of my district that uh, is is struggling right now. Right, and and uh, they argue it's not fair to take away their livelihood because, well, they say because of a few bad apples. You know, they they say it'll put them out of business, and instead, people who are against puppy mills should instead focus on the breeders who are breaking the law, and that it's not going to work, and it's you know it's not the way to go in this economy. People who want puppies will get puppies. Well, that's their argument. Uh, what about the internet argument? That's the other one that we got a lot, which was you're just going to drive all the puppy business to the internet, meaning the the puppy mills will now have their websites, which they do, and they're going to be shipping puppies all over the country directly from the Internet. Well, look, that's, that was the same argument that was raised when I sponsored uh, the bill banning the sale of ephedra uh, dietary supplement, uh, that, oh, they'll be able to buy it off the Internet. It didn't happen that way. Uh, mm. Tell us about it. A few months after the Suffolk law passed, uh, several states enacted similar bans, and then uh, the federal government ended up announcing a federal ban on ephedra. Uh, and that basically shut down the entire industry. So this should be addressed at the national level. This is something that Congress should be taking uh, up. Uh, but I'm certainly not willing to wait until then. I'm not willing to wait for Albany to act, uh, so, which is why I think that Suffolk County should take the lead, at least in, in New York State. Mm-hmm. Well, and banning banning um, uh, retail puppy you know pet shop sales is uh, is something that it seems that the public sentiment is there to do. And um, you know, if you make it easy for people to do the right thing, uh, you know, I I think they will. And 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 the the polls that are out there show that most people, or at least, are saying that they intend to get their next dog from a rescue, a local breeder, or shelter. And and some shelters I know in Elber- uh, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they also have a ban on retail sales, they've opened boutique style, you know, they're calling it guilt-free, you know, where they sort of have a retail environment where you can not have to deal with the, you know, the guilt of walking through a, a shelter environment, but you still have shelter pets and rescue pets coming in right. to be adopted I mean, out. I'm just going at another another direction. How, do, how does one pass legislation that affects a society, okay, based on one or two shops and the welfare of those one or two shops? I mean, there's one and a half million people that live in Suffolk County. We're talking about the right. good of the one and a half million people. So now you're talking about a pet store that obviously is making a tremendous amount of profit because they would otherwise be switching all their sales to more of a Petco model. They'd be selling this and that, but they wouldn't be selling puppies. You know? right. so well, Alex, look, it, it makes sense, but welcome to the wonderful world of politics. You, you just need a, a few uh, uh, vocal opposition voices, and that's often enough to derail uh, a, a very good bill. Um, you know, A lot of this has to do with education. Uh, my family has always purchased our dogs and cats, for that matter, from, or not purchased, but uh, acquired them from uh, local animal shelters. Uh, we've never uh, actually purchased a, a, a dog or a cat, but uh, the general public, a, a lot of folks need to be educated about puppy mills. Uh, many of them are not aware of the horror of, of puppy mills, despite the, the great work that you do and uh, other organizations advocating against puppy mills. Um, I actually learned about this because my sister has done puppy mill rescues for, for many years. She lives outside of Austin, Texas. <laughs> and um, my sister Amy educated me about this. I was not aware of, of puppy mills two or three years ago. Uh, so that's, uh, this will probably be about a th- at least a three- to four-month process of open public hearings and legislative debate before the bill comes for a vote. And I'm going to try to take that, uh, that time 
to educate the one and a half million residents of Suffolk County about the horrors of, of puppy mills and hopefully get them uh, squarely behind the bill. Well, you tell us how we can help you, John. We we have the megaphone here. We're on the air every week. Suffolk County does get the signal, although I hear a little weak out there, but the Nassau gets it pretty clear. Um, you tell us how we can help you. We're going to be tracking this along with you, and we'll have you back on the air to give us an update, you know, as the months progress, to give us an update on how we're doing in the, in the largest movement to pe- in the largest area to pu- uh, to ban puppy sales. That would be Suffolk County, New York. Retail shop puppy sales. Right, retail yeah. shop. Well, I, Alex and Brenda, I, w- I would love that. I look forward to going on the show again, and I will absolutely keep you updated as the resolution moves forward. Beautiful. We'll be in touch with you again. Thank you, John. Thank you for waking up. Okay, now you can get your coffee. Uh, that sounds great, and then I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> All right, bye. Well, we're back on the air, and uh, we're going to cut out for another another station break, from which we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about next week's show. Okay. Reduce stress, spend less, join a gym. Sound like the same old New Year's resolutions? This year, how about making one that really matters and one you can really keep? Resolve to save a life. Adopt a homeless pet. Right now, thousands of wonderful pets are at New York Animal Care and Control and countless New York rescue groups waiting for someone to be their best friend and champion. And every day, people like you decide to open their hearts and homes to give a shelter pet a second chance at safe and happy life. Even if you can't adopt, you can still help by texting PETS, that's P-E-T-S, to 90999. Each text gives $5 to Best Friends Animal Society to support their work helping homeless animals in New York and all around the country. So be a champion for homeless pets just by sending a text message. Every text message and every $5 will help homeless pets begin brand new lives in 2011. Learn more about Best Friends and adoption at bestfriends.org. That's bestfriends.org. To find a local rescue group, see animals looking for homes, and get involved in the grassroots effort to find loving homes for every pet from coast to coast. Together, we can create a world of no more homeless pets. Please join us at bestfriends.org. And what a great organization. And listen, friends who care about and love your dog, you have to read this article that Best Friends founder Francis Batista wrote about the infamous phone call, the Obama phone call we've been talking about. And yeah. I think it's you can reposted find that. on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash dogs in danger. Right. Facebook.com forward slash dogs in danger. And you'll see the link to the, the article. It's fascinating, tongue in cheek, laser sharp uh, wit and uh, and philosophy. And anyway, you got to read it, guys, if you're interested in what's going on out there with the animals that live with us. Yeah, it's very the, insightful and um, without being um, overly uh, critical of the president, it was very uh, tongue-in-cheek sort of. You a- know. Absolutely. We're just and sitting by the phone waiting for Obama to call us and thank us for what we've done. Uh, yeah, he was, on, he was on hold before. Who was on hold? Obama was on hold before. <laughs> and I, I just didn't get a chance to punch him in. He must have had to go run <laughs> off to do something more important. The number is 800-848-WABC. We only have a few minutes. We yeah. may be able to take a phone call. We may not. I wanted to say this. This uh, I had this uh, interesting news item here on uh, on this border collie named Chaser, okay, that I did not get a chance to talk about at the opening of the show, and I'm going to talk about it right now. So this border collie named Chaser has now been taught the names of 1,022 items. Check this out, Okay. 1,022 different items. This is a scientific analysis. This border collie is learned more words than any other animal on earth. Okay? That is equivalent to what a three-year-old knows. 
And, and that, I mean, is as if that's not impressive enough, but he also has the ability to um, do deductive reasoning, right? So they yeah. put they put in a giant circle, they put all of these animals, stuffed animals and toys, which which the dog knows the names of. And process of elimination, you know, they tell the dog to go get one of the toys that he's never seen before and never heard before. And he figures out yeah, which, which is, one it must be because he's never because he doesn't know that one because he's never seen it before. He Shocking. figures it out. Yeah, it, it's incredible. Allison Reed and John Piley of Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, are doing the research. And they're the one that's working with Chaser. Now, here's the funny part of it. This has been a continuing story, trying to find the most intelligent animal out there, if, if you consider knowledge and deductive reasoning as, as intelligence, trying to find who's the, the what breed and who what specific species. dog, uh-huh. species and what specific dog is the most. And it was, first of all, it was this, this dog named Rico that they discovered in Germany. Again, a border collie. And Rico, I think, got to 200 words. And then there was another dog that they discovered in Hungary. And his and her name was Betsy. And Betsy got up to about 400 words. Also a border collie, I believe. Also a border collie. And yeah. now comes along Chaser from the good old USA, the king of them all, 1,022 words. Amazing. Now, listen, that's, that's more words than most of the humans I know. Okay. <laughs> Notwithstanding three-year-old babies. Well, you know, and we did that show on uh, canine intelligence, but I think we're going to have to do a follow-up one, you know, because the research is always changing, and, and it's such a fascinating topic to talk about and, in you know, how it connects yeah, with, with yeah. what Yeah, yeah. I we're mean, it, it, it's something that, you know, we try to cover in an hour with commercials and stuff like that, something like canine intelligence, what really talks about intelligence of other species outside of human beings. And it's such a broad topic, and we had people on from all over the world that are looking this, at the subject. So we're, we'll probably do another version of that and see where well, the And there is. are those who are saying that it's not so unique, in fact. It, it's just that they've dedicated so much time to the training of these animals, but there are lots of other dogs out there that could, in fact, do it, have the potential and the intelligence well, to do it. Listen, next dog I'm getting, it's a border collie, okay? Because that's three out of three, buddy. You can't handle a border collie. (laughs) What do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) So what's next week's show, Brenda? Uh, actually, before we get to that, you're, you're skipping over a very important feature, which we do on every show, which is a, a dog of the day. And um, today's dog of the day, we every, this is just to tell people, that a we, dog yeah. that's featured from um, the Dogs, Dogs in, in Danger. Danger website who is running out of time. And we pick one dog from the website, and it's not an easy task. I usually do it the night before the show, and it's heart-wrenching. Um, and so uh, this dog uh, from today, have you seen his picture yet? I pick it. Alex hasn't even seen the dog yet. But this oh, is George. Another adorable. He's a, he's a, oh. um, a shepherd mix, and uh, he looks to be, I don't know, maybe about six months old. They say young adult, but he looks young. And he is the most adorable thing. And if I was close to Texas, let me tell you, this dog would, would be at our house. So is he it's a border a good collie? Thing. Uh, no, he's a shepherd mix. Also very intelligent breed, not too. Yes, it is. You know. yes. But uh, anyways, at Galveston County Animal Services, uh, Texas City, Texas, um, the contact information is on our webpage if you search Texas. Um, George was picked up wandering in Texas City. We noticed straight away that he was well-mannered and seems to be well-trained. He's a very handsome dog, has one ear that sticks up and one other that flops down. He's very cute. He has always he always has a happy and friendly face and make a great addition to any family, an awesome companion. Um George is running out of time. and How many um, days does George have? George has, as of last night, six days left. Six so days if left. You can where's he located? Texas. Texas City, Texas. Okay, listen, I know you so guys are listening in New York. for all those folks in Texas who were listening this morning, because we know they were, because we had David on the line, uh, maybe we can get somebody to help this dog. Right, and you can bring the dog right to New York. It happens every day. Yeah, there are amazing transport uh, services. All that the are airlines available. do it. Yeah, so there we, are even volunteer networks of truckers across the right, country who right. will help. I mean, it's just and amazing. We'll, we'll help you, and the, the, the website will help you. But listen, guys, 
there are literally thousands of dogs every like day. George that are on the website 5, 000, fighting. Five about five thousand dogs every day. We estimate. Yeah, that, uh, they're fighting for their life. Literally fighting for their life. And if you really want to see a human drama unfold, if you have the heart for it, just go to dogsindanger.com and look at the stories of the dogs because you'll see which dog is fighting for his life, which dog yeah. makes it, which dog doesn't make it. Which is, so it's a real, yeah. real-time portrayal of life. Yeah, it's a real painful reality into that window that they leave. It's, it's, it's what's happening Which is a good segue into uh, next week's show. Uh, be sure to join us next Sunday, 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time, for our Disposable Dog Society. Disposable Dog Society. That, it sounds kind of out there, Brenda. Oh. I mean, sort of uh, highly intellectual. Is that true? It's a little intellectual. It's a little intellectual. We're going to we'll bring it down to earth. It. Yes, next week. We're going to try to make it a little bit more fun than it sounds. But next week, we'll see you guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Our number next week will be the same as this week, 848-WABC. And we will see you on, for our show on Our Disposable Dog Society. Thanks again from Alex and Brenda from the DogsInDanger.com website and the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Thanks, folks. Be back next week.